What is up, guys? Rick from DFS On Demand here for your Genesis Invitational DFS preview. A lot to get into. It's a stacked field. It is now an invitational. There's a lot going on at the course. But before we get into all of that, a couple of news and notes. I will be at... The Genesis Invitational, I'll make the trip up to LA for Thursday. If you'll be there Thursday, give me a holler. Happy to meet up with you. Grab a beer. Worked out well at the Farmers. Nobody killed me. All good. Uh, Next up, a couple of winners. So winners of uh, whether they are subscribers to this YouTube channel or subscribers to my site, DFSOnDemand.com, which is where you are going to see all of the tools that I have in this video. Uh, I just want to shout a couple of them out. Uh, Derek, who uh, I don't know how much he entered, but he won $139. He's very active within the community. Big shout out to you, Derek. Uh, Greg as well, $400 in showdown on Sunday. We had a couple of uh, subscribers in our Slack channel, uh, both near the top of the leaderboard in, in similar contests or the same contest. So it was kind of cool to see all of that going back and forth. So uh, shout out to you guys. Uh, Morny7 turned his $45 into $559, which is an ROI I would take every single week. And uh, also G. Williams, $48 into $2,130. Those are the guys that just shot me a tweet or shot me a message or whatever. Big congratulations. Additionally, uh, winners from the contest. So every week I draw out uh, two winners to get access to a week's worth of DFS on demand and all the tools so you can mess around with it. Uh, Those winners for this week are Daniel Finn. I've already reached out to you. Congratulations. And Hardbody73 as well. I've sent you a note. I'll get you set up on the site when you guys respond. If you would like to be entered into a draw to win a week's access to DFS on demand, there are two ways to do it. First off, if you are on the YouTube channel, make sure you are subscribed to the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Like this video and comment below with who's going to win. That's it. Uh, It is a stacked field, so tell me who is going to win this golf tournament. Nine of the top ten players in the world are here. The other way, if you're listening on the audio podcast, go into wherever you can rate and review, iTunes or wherever else you can do it. Leave a five-star rating and review. Say something nice about the show and leave me, you know, your Twitter handle or a way to get in touch with you so I can reach out to you if you win. That's it. All right. uh, I think that's enough of the announcements. Let's jump into the DFS preview. All right. Genesis Invitational. The fact that this event is now an Invitational, uh, this field is absolutely stacked. Nine of the top 10 golfers in the world are here, but let's first start with the course itself. This is a course we've seen a lot. It's a very historic course. It's Riviera Country Club. It's in LA. I'll be there. Um, This is the course you're going to see host the 2028 Olympics when the Olympics come to LA. So um, this is a course we have a lot of history on. It's been been the host course or the only course here, finally a single course event uh, for basically ever. So um, what do we need to know about this course? And I, I was reading... Pat Mayo's uh, blog post earlier on DK Playbook. By the way, I'll be on Pat Mayo tomorrow, which um, I don't know if I could say, but I just did. So I'll be on Pat Mayo tomorrow uh, for his DFS preview. And I think that he really did a great job describing this course. So it's basically like 7,200 yards on paper, which is not that much. 
Uh, I believe the word that he used is that the distance is hidden, which I think is the perfect way to describe it. It's the perfect adjective because um, the the par four tenth is very, very short. A lot of guys will try to drive it. And then the two par fives are also uh, incredibly short. So when you factor that in, it makes the rest of the par fours pretty monstrous. And you end up hitting a lot of long irons in and driving distance uh, bombers have generally played really well here because of that fact. So it's kind of sneaky long is what I'm getting at. It is fairly difficult. Uh, 10th out of 49 courses last year in terms of difficulty. And just to kind of look at the regression model for this week, which is, uh, you know, I I was very candid with you last week. It was difficult to look at because you have the three course rotation and all that stuff, but uh, really, really like it for this week. And the, the stats that come into play here, the most, uh, you know, the common stats, I should call them, Uh, I shouldn't call them most common stats. They should be common stats. Um, But uh, a strokes gained around the green ranks 12th here. So that means there's only 11 other courses in which strokes gained is more important. Um, Strokes gained putting 15th out of 50 driving distance and strokes gained total 21 out of 50. So those are the ones that are above average here at Riviera. And it kind of makes sense because they are hard fairways to hit. They are hard greens to hit. So your short game is probably going to have to be up to snuff this week. And that is the type of golfer that we have seen find success here in the past. So let's look at those stats out of the gate here before we even go over to the cheat sheet. Let's look at some of the guys that play well around the greens. Well, uh, it's a smaller sample size, but we've got three fairly significant names who lead the way in strokes gained around the green. Uh, Justin Rose, who... Uh, quite frankly, was pathetic the last time we saw him. Uh, ended up missing the cut at the Farmers. But gains 1.7 strokes around the green per round. Right behind him, uh, a thousandth of a decimal off, Jason Day, 1.7. And then, of course, Jordan Spieth at 0.9. Aaron Baddeley and Roy McElroy round out the top five of this statistic. Obviously, Phil Mickelson is sixth, of course. Uh, and then strokes game putting. Usually you can find some value here. Yeah, Andrew Putnam, Denny McCarthy, Kevin Na, who we'll talk about, Patrick Reed, and Cam Smith round out the top five there. Um, If you're looking for other things that these guys do besides putt, um, Kevin Na can hit his irons pretty well. He gains on approaches. He gains in strokes gained total. Um, has a pretty decent scoring average. None of these guys hit it particularly far or accurate off the tee, quite frankly. So um, they're a bit of one-trick ponies, but we'll talk about Kevin Na um, in just a bit. And then, of course, my favorite stat, the stat that I think is is most critical every week, strokes gained approach. You tend to see a lot of the big names here. So Rory leads the way. Uh, Mark Leishman, Tiger Woods, Colin Morikawa, and Justin Thomas round out the top five there. Patrick Cantlay is six. So those are the stats that I'm kind of looking at, but let's jump over to the cheat sheet because I've got to tell you, this is a major type field. Um, This is major type pricing. This is probably the best field. Uh, This might be the best field we have this year, Uh, maybe outside the players, but that's a bigger field. Um, You know, the masters is always great, but then you have like the former champions that kind of weigh you down. Uh, PGA championship is always kind of fun, but then you get like the, the PGA professionals and stuff. I mean, this is a legitimate field when, when 
someone like Matt Kuchar, who is a uh, as solid as they come, is is priced at seventy eight hundred dollars, and Paul Casey is seventy nine hundred. Uh, you know that this is a really deep field. So five guys over. $10,000. Um, uh, the big three, Rory, Rom, and Justin Thomas are absolutely splitting hairs. They are all awesome. I, I tweeted out uh, some stats earlier today. I don't know if I, if I can pull them up, but um, quite frankly, what they're all doing is really insane right now. So uh, let's see. Rory has two wins in his last eight starts. JT has three wins in his last nine starts. And Rom has two wins in his last six starts. I mean, these guys are literally... And, and some of them, they've played the same events. Like, these guys are just winning everything they play. Um, Justin Thomas has gained strokes T to green, which is like my favorite statistic in the world, in 42 of his last 43 measured tournaments. That's almost impossible. Like, what, what these guys are doing right now... I, I actually truly believe is a tier above the rest of the guys in the field. Um, they've got win equity. They've shown it. Uh, some of them have really good course history around here. JT has gone second and ninth the last two years. Rory's never finished outside of the top 20. John Rahm's only played here once and finished ninth. Like there are no knocks on these guys. To me, it is a matter of roster construction uh i do believe because the pricing is so soft and the field is so deep that you can get one of these guys so i think it's these three uh in a tier by themselves and then i actually think that is going to devalue the next tier because the way that this pricing is going to end up working um basically no matter what the odds are or no matter what you know we think the odds might be the pricing just gradually gets gets lower right like even if you have Rory and then the next best guy in the field would be like I don't know Jason Day like Jason Day's still going to be a couple hundred bucks behind Rory something like that there's never going to be a huge gap anywhere so I actually think that hurts these guys right below that tier so like Tiger at 10-4 and and Dustin Johnson at 10,000 while you could make an argument for kind of either one of these guys you know Tiger's kind of kryptonite has been Riviera he hasn't played well here uh, but he's in contention constantly since, you know, since this new version of Tiger came back or DJ, who I'm actually very optimistic on, uh, who has played a lot better, struggled towards the end of the AT&T Pebble Beach. The back nine kind of jumped up and bit him, but we've seen him play a lot better recently. Like those guys I'm very optimistic on. I just think it's a matter of the next tier of pricing. There's not a big enough drop off. So I actually think that you're probably going to have to go get Rory Rom or JT, I don't care which one, they're all awesome. Or start your lineups at like Patrick Cantlay. I, I just like I love Tiger, I love DJ. I just don't know how you can justify it, quite frankly, with the prices around it. Um speaking of Cantlay, I, I, I do think Patrick is um really interesting here. So he finished 11th at Pebble Beach. Uh he's ninety eight hundred dollars, finished eleventh at Pebble, kind of stalled out. Had a really good first round, had a a pretty good second round, kind of stalled out on the weekend, but still was able to get in really tough conditions on Sunday um, in a tie for 11th. And if you go to the historic strokes gains tool on DFS on demand, this is actually a free tool. So you can go check this out and you, and you look at the Genesis open. Here's Cantlay. Um, He's, this is aggregate over the last three years of strokes gain numbers. He's gained 18 total strokes, um, which is the most of anyone who's only played this twice, obviously with a counting stat, 
you know, the more you play it, the better chance you would have of being near the top of the list. But Cantlay is the, the best guy who's only played this two rounds. And what I like about it is this right here. Uh, so he's gained 18 total, but 13 of them are coming from Tita Green. Um, for example, Kevin Na, who I do actually like this week, has gained 26 of them. Uh, 26 total, but 14 of them are from putting and 10 are around the green. Generally, that's a little bit unsustainable. Um, I like Kevin Na. We'll talk about him in a second, but um, like that can't lay is exactly the type of thing you want to be looking for. And if you go back to, um, you know, the course stats here, he's kind of sneaky long. Uh, I suspect he's going to show up somewhere here. Is anywhere is my guy, Patrick Cantlay? Am I missing him? These are this year's stats, so I don't know how much distance I have. But yeah, okay, hits the ball over 300 yards. He doesn't have a whole ton of rounds, but like you can see, um, gains tee to green, gains total, makes a ton of birdies, hits his iron so well, is very accurate off the tee. Like that's the type of of mod, model or mold, excuse me, of a golfer that I would want to play. So uh, that's kind of the Cantlay story. Now, now you get into this. Okay, so the ninety, the nine thousand dollar range. Uh, Cantlay, Bubba, Brooks, Hideki, Xander, Tony Finau, Adam Scott is like, holy crap. Um, I assume Bubba's going to be pretty popular. This would be Bubba chalk week, which scares the crap out of me. Right. But he's got a third at the waste management, a six at the farmers. He's playing awesome. And no one, no one has the record around Riviera like Bubba does, who has won this every other year for the last six years. Right. He's got three wins every even year. 2018, 2016, 2014, he's been your champion. So it's really difficult to, to look past that. I just think if you're going to, if you're going to play Bubba, um, you better differentiate somewhere else. Uh, because I think he's going to be fairly popular because there's only, there's only like five, there's like five Bubba tracks a, a year. Uh, this is certainly one of them. Brooks at 94 is interesting. I don't know. I guess you could pivot to Brooks and be very, very different. And he has you know, win equity upside, but, um, he's been shaking off the rust worldwide since that, uh, knee injury that he had, uh, hasn't played all that well. And the fact that he's only played here at Riviera once and missed the cut, I don't necessarily love playing, playing Brooks. I would rather go get, um, you know, even if you, even if you pivoted to Hideki off of, of, off of Bubba or, uh, Xander, someone like that, I think is, is kind of a, a better fit. Down in the $8,000 range, um, I will rarely say this, but uh, Jordan Spieth is kind of interesting, right? Like, we should clip that because I never say it. I think you guys realize um, how I feel about Jordan Spieth and the Magic Putter and all that stuff, but there are some really good positive takeaways. So I'm going to go to his I'm gonna go to his player profile really quickly here and um, pull up some of the digits that we've seen from Jordan. And, um, if you look at his strokes gained numbers, so this is actually something that came up on the first cut, which is a CBS sports podcast that I co-host, uh, where we talked with Mark Immelman, who's on site and inside the ropes. And he was actually talking to Jordan and what they were discussing was, um, he changed his, uh, his grip on his driver, or I guess on all of his clubs, uh, and, and made it stronger five degrees stronger, which is a pretty significant change for a professional golfer or for anybody for that matter. And, since he's done that, uh, he's gained very little, but he's gained strokes off the tee in two straight starts, which if you look back historically has been a really big problem for Jordan Spieth. Um, one, two, three, four, five, 
So before he made the change, he lost strokes off the tee in seven of his previous eight starts. And then what would that be? Uh, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 12 of 13, something like that. <laughs> okay. Like no 12 of, why can't I do this math? This is really bad. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 12 of 16. Okay. Yeah. You just watched me count for 30 seconds. Um, he lost strokes off the tee in 12 of 16 starts. So that's obviously very bad. But if this is the turning point and he can keep the around the green stuff, he's got the magic putter, all of that um, was he had the best approach round uh, almost of his career on Sunday at Pebble, which of course he's not going to do again, but these are good signs. These are good vibes for someone who really needs good vibes. And you get him around here, like like there is definite win equity, obviously, still in uh, Jordan Spieth's arsenal. And when you look at him at eighty four hundred dollars, and it's been kind of all over all over results for him at um, at Riviera. Where is he? He's right here. Uh, ninth two years ago, fourth in 2015. He missed the cut in 2016. He finished 51st in 2019. I mean, it's kind of all over the place, but uh, I do think that there's a legitimate upside here. And, I, and I'd rather play Spieth at 84 than like Phil at 83 for sure. So um, like that's kind of what I'm looking into. It's kind of where I'm going. I think there's signs of, of, of positive movements. Um, I don't know how many lineups of, of mine he will make it in, but I, I think he's, I think he's interesting. I mentioned Kevin Na. Um, let's look at Kevin Na because he had actually a a pretty impressive uh, T14 at Pebble last week. He started off horribly. I think he was three over, something like that, um, in round one. Battled back, played really well after that, and uh, has had good success here. I mentioned a lot of it has come from. So if I go back to, you know, the historic strokes gain numbers, uh, Kevin Na in the last three years strokes gain total only behind Dustin Johnson. Uh, he's gained 26 of them, nearly 27, but a lot of them are through the putter and the short game, which is scary. But uh, what I will say about Kevin Na, as I pull up his uh, player profile really quickly, is he pops, okay? And this is the reason that he shows up a lot of times, him, Kevin Streelman, show up a lot of times on my my betting tool, because my betting tool looks at mean and standard deviation and how nuts a golfer can go in either direction he can be the worst golfer he can be the best golfer and that kind of fits kevin Na, who's actually won twice in his last 12 events 15 events like that's insane like like kevin Na's won twice in his last 15 starts worldwide that's not like there's like three other guys that can say that it's like rom rory and uh and jt like i don't i seriously don't know if there's another guy who's, who's won twice in 15 starts so um really impressive I, 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 I think there's good vibes around here. He played well last week. He's played well in two of the last three weeks. Um, like I, I, again, I don't, I don't want to go all in on Kevin Na because he is very much that, that risky player. Um, and he's always kind of capable of, of giving you a WD like before the, usually does it before the tournament starts, quite frankly. So you got to keep an eye on it. But, um, Kevin Na's certainly in the realm of possibilities for me. Now, when you get kind of sub, I don't know, 7,500. Um, there's some interesting names, I suppose. I mean, Charles Howell III used to be like the most consistent golfer on the PGA Tour. Not necessarily the case anymore. Missed the cut at the American Express. Nice 12th place finish at the Sony. 
Missed the cut at the RSM. Nice 20th place finish at Mayakoba. 36th at WGC, 8th at the Zozo, right? He's, he's been a lot more inconsistent. The good news is, if you were paying attention to that historical strokes gain chart, um, you know, in the last three years, he's he's fourth aggregate strokes gain total here, which is awesome. And, and, and even better, almost all of them are from Tita Green. So he's gained nearly 21, we'll round up to 21, and 17 and a half of them have come from Tita Green. He's actually lost around the green. <laughs> like, uh, that's, uh, or I'm sorry, I'm looking at Tony Fee now, excuse me. Uh, he has gained in every category, but still, 17 and a half out of 21 of his total strokes gained are coming Tita Green. Like, that, that's a good sign. So, um, I, a guy that really lacks upside, quite frankly. You know, we, we've seen how little he's won over the last 15 years. But good results around here. If he if he finishes T eighteen, you're probably happy out of seventy five hundred dollars. Uh, Max Homa again three straight, three straight really good finishes. Fourteenth, sixth, ninth. Hard to um, continue to ignore that. Scotty Scheffler's back. Scotty Scheffler missed uh, two straight cuts. If you think the kid has as much raw talent as I do, now would be a probably a pretty good time to bounce back on at seventy four. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, Coke rack has actually played here quite a bit. It's been okay. He's got a second place finish four years ago, uh, has made a lot of cuts. I'm trying to think of who, who's actually exciting out of this. Um, I still am. I'm, I'm just a, a big believer in, in Lonto. You know, he, he bounced back after literally his worst, worst round of his career, finishing a tie for ninth at Pebble beach, tried to blow it. Uh, I had him in a top 10 bet. He tried to give it away. He birdied like, or I'm sorry, bogeyed like three of his last four holes. Um, but you know, Pebble was kicking. Uh, the wind was kicking. It was killing a lot of guys coming in. Uh, so a really good finish for him. He's 6,800. I tweeted this out. Let me see if I can pull this up really quickly because I think it's worth it now that I actually know what his price is. Um, Lonto, uh, so this is the PGA value matrix. Uh, again, free tool. Like this is this is awesome stuff that I highly encourage you guys to use. Um, this What I tweeted out was Lonto... When he's priced under seventy five hundred, um, here are all the times he's been priced under seventy five hundred dollars going back to March of twenty eighteen, and basically in eleven of the twelve times that he's been priced under seventy five, uh, he's returned at least ten times value. So Pebble Beach, he returned eighty and a half DraftKings points on seventy two hundred. It's eleven times value. Um, you know, Sony Open, he gave you twelve times. So like, he's been really when he's priced this low. He's been really good at returning value. Now, I didn't know what his price was at the time. Let's say under 7000 I don't know how many times he's even been priced under $7,000. Uh, just a few. I mean, really, the only... Okay, so... Wow. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, seven straight times under 7000 He's returned at least nine times value. Most times, it's either been 10 or 11 times. He's he's He was priced 6500 at the Tournament of Champions which is a no-cut event, so I'm not sure if that really counts. But then previous to that, it was August of 2018. The Wyndham was the last time he was under 7,000. So he doesn't really get under 7,000 that much, um, which I guess is a good thing. But he's been really good at returning value when he's down there. So um, if you're looking to plug someone in, like I would certainly like Lonto more than uh, Patrick Rogers, Aaron Wise, probably Charlie Hoffman, you know, Nate Lashley WD's last week and, and is now WD'd, uh, I think two of his last three starts, like that's scary to me. <laughs> and that's like in play withdrawing, not, um, not withdrawing before the tournament starts. Now, if you get really far down here, um, you know, 
6,500 and below. I don't, I don't know if a lot of these guys have a chance to win the golf tournament, especially because how stacked it is. Um, man, it's pretty ugly, quite frankly. Let's see if there's any, like Peter Malnati, you know, he's got two top 12 finishes in his last five starts, but he's got nothing but missed cuts in between that, uh, which is a little bit of, uh, of scary stuff. Uh, Joseph Bromley, Bramley, he's 6,100. He's the, um, I'm going to mess this up. Sisson award winner, Siggins award winner, Sinan award winner. Oh man. Now I got to Google it. Hold on. It's the Charlie Sifford award. Apologies. I, uh, my it's Monday. My brain is already mush, but he got the invite, uh, based on that from tiger. So he's 6,100. He has at least made the cut in three of his last four starts and he finished 18th at Pebble beach. I mean, that's the near min. I mean, you're talking about like Brian Stewart, Brian Gay, Steve Stricker, Tyler Duncan, guys that you not do not necessarily want to play. Um, I think if you were super depth desperate, uh, Bromlett might be okay here. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. I'm trying to think if there's any other little nuggets that I had here. Hold on, let me check my sheet. I don't think so, but I'll leave you. Let me leave you with this. Um, this is the live leaderboard, which updates every 15 minutes during the tournament. It is the best thing in the world for showdown. And it's the best thing in the world for tracking your teams. And it's free. I, I got so many free tools that should be behind the paywall, quite frankly, but this is awesome. Um, now I know we only have um, Pebble beach data from last week, but sometimes what I like to do, especially uh, I know everyone was at Pebble Beach on 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 Sunday, the final round, is to kind of look through like Sunday rounds and see like who might have a little momentum coming into this. Uh, Jordan Spieth obviously was the best uh, in the field. Tita Green gained almost six and a half strokes. Uh, Kevin Streelman, Daniel Berger, and Joel Damon. Joel Damon is interesting because he was um, plus three point eight. Tita Green on Sunday and lost, I'm sorry, only gained about a half a stroke putting. And he's priced really, really low this week. I, I moved off the cheat sheet, cheat sheet, but I think he's like in the six thousands, like very, very cheap, uh, this week. So he might be someone that if he can carry a little bit of momentum in. And then what I would also encourage you to do is, um, is this is kind of look through this and I, I tweeted this out, but I think it's worth a discussion as well where, um, Keith Mitchell, finished 10th in DraftKings scoring, but 32nd in the tournament. Um, which really, I, like, pe- people don't realize how important birdies and eagles are, um, or streaks, or something like that. Like, that really impacts your your DraftKings scoring much more so than, um, than your actual tournament position. So, I, like, looking for these types of guys who can make 19 birdies. Like, he made 19 birdies, that was four more than JB Holmes who finished in 14th. It was more than Charles Schwartzel who finished T five more than Berger and McNeely who finished T five. Like birdie makers are so valuable. And every time a really good example of this comes up, I like to share it with you. So uh, go get those birdie makers, go get those Eagle makers guys that, you know, if they make a couple bogeys, it's okay uh, because they're going to pay it off, especially in a week where, you know, a lot of this field is going to get through the cut as well uh, because it's a smaller field. It's, it's definitely worth it. All right, that's it. It's the DFS preview for this week's Genesis Invitational. Uh, If you've liked what you've heard, go review, support, do everything you can. Um, If you have any questions or just want to chat, at Rick Rungood on Twitter or leave a comment below. Talk to you guys soon. Good luck.